Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. A little bit of extra time because we have some extra guests we're working to fit in this morning. And we're kicking things off with Justin Weyenberg. Uh, he is with Adipose Boats. Justin, thanks for taking time this morning. Yeah, thank you. We're, we're talking with Justin today during manufacturing month. I don't know if y'all realized it's manufacturing month, but we're celebrating manufacturing in the United States. And Justin, uh, can you introduce yourself a little bit to folks? Tell them just who you are. Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Justin Weinberg. I am the general manager of Adipose Boatworks in Helena, Montana, and we manufacture fiberglass drift boats uh, for fly fishing, floating down the rivers, uh, <clears throat> all around Montana and really all around the country. Uh, we employ 14 people, and we do pretty much everything from start to finish uh, to, to build the boats and send them out the door. Okay, so uh, I, I hear you have a, a fairly interesting story about how, how you got started with this business. Yeah, we uh, the two founders of the company, Mike Ward and Tracy Allen, they were both guides for a combined 35 years. And uh, Tracy Allen, he had a, a background in mechanical engineering and, and uh he built some other boats and messed around and and throughout their both their careers of guiding they they constantly were looking for better boats and when they couldn't find them and they would just manipulate their the, the boats they owned so they'd cut things out and and re fiberglass them in or weld them in or do whatever they needed to do to make it fit their style of fishing so <clears throat> finally tracy built a boat uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, over in Belgrade. And that boat was called the High Country Boats. Uh, and he built a fiberglass mold and, and built fiberglass boats from there. And, and Mike Ward ended up finding one of those boats in 2008, 2009 time frame. And he tracked down Tracy and wanted to buy one. And Tracy said, you can't. And he said, no one's building them. There aren't any around. And so they got together and decided that they were going to build their own. And from there, that's that's kind of how Adipose was born. And then I came into the picture. Uh, that was all like November 2009. And then I came into the picture in June of 2010 with, with really no background in, in any sort of fiberglass work. But uh, I, work, I, I was in the military, and then I worked my way up in the company and in 2015, I took over as the the general manager. I spent four years as the production manager before that, and and two years before that, as or uh, a little bit a year and a half before that of just uh, just a labor building boats, sweeping floors and stuff. So it's a really cool company to watch where where it was in 2010 to where it is now in 2020, and how innovative we've been able to be, and how much of the market we've been able to get a foothold in. And, um, we got a, we got a really big following and people love our product. Yeah. Justin Weyenberg with, uh, Adipose Boatworks, our guest on this extended coffee break today. And, uh, this company right here in Helena, I mean, I, my guess is there's a lot of people that don't even realize that you're right here in town. Yeah. All the time I, I run into people and they ask me what I do and I, I tell them and, 
yeah, they they they're like, oh, I didn't even know. And then they kind of ask, like, are you guys big? Do you do pretty good? And and go from there. And yeah, we're we if you if you know fly fishing, and really if you know boats, then then most most all those people have heard of us. And and we ship like I got a guy coming. Uh, on Monday from Georgia to pick up a boat. We were shipping a couple next month to North Carolina. We had guys earlier this month, we shipped a couple to California and other guys coming from California to Texas and a lot of the Rocky Mountain states. So yeah, we're definitely out there, but not very many. We're off the beaten path in town, so not many people know that we exist. But once they find out about us and they, they see our boats, then they realize, oh yeah, my neighbor has one or Oh my my, I, my father-in-law went fishing on one of your boats last week. So, so where yeah. are you? Where where's your physical location? We are across the U.S. 12 from Walmart and across like uh, by Enterprise Rent a Car on the frontage road, mm-hmm. uh, going down towards dealerships. Uh, but if you go two blocks down from the pizza hut there's enterprise there that street's called wilkinson we're all the way at the end if you just drive south on it and where there's one brick building with a metal shop attached to the back of it and that's that's our actual location we have a retail shop here where we sell all boat parts and everything boats boat nets anchors and life jackets and and then we do uh, fiberglass repair on all drift boats and uh, we do a lot of aluminum welding and fabrication. We also sell some Patagonia gear and stuff like that. Justin Weinberg is with Adipose Boatworks, and we're talking Manufacturing Month, and obviously they do a lot of manufacturing right here. I mean, that industry, there's a lot here in Helena, probably more than people realize when we talk about manufacturing, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I, I run it just like people find out about us on uh, uh, random situations. I find out about other manufacturers and, and people, and, and we try to source as much of our materials and, and components that we can't build ourselves here in town or at least the, within the Tri-County area. And, and uh, it, there, it's amazing to see how many little businesses around here building niche products and stuff. And it's really cool to, to, to watch Montana manufacturing grow and uh, be able to compete with, with some of the bigger states and areas that people think about. Like obviously Michigan is a big one that they, they manufacture a lot of stuff, but it's growing here a ton. Yeah. So when we talk about manufacturing, uh, you know, I think you pointed out there, there, there's a lot of places making, this gadget and that i mean it's niche products it's not necessarily uh, you mentioned michigan it's not necessarily just cars and boats right i mean there's people making a lot of stuff here yeah definitely yep yeah we have uh uh uh, there's a guy in bozeman that we work with that he makes a special pulley swivel system for the drift boat anchors um we work with a another company in great falls that that they uh, water jet and cut out all of, uh, some components for us. We work with, uh, a fabrication shop in town here that powder coats everything that we need powder coat. We also work with another shop that takes, uh, extruded aluminum tube that we have that bends it for us and stuff. So yeah, it's really interesting out in the North Valley. We work with uh, another wood company that, um, they're mostly make cabinets and manufacture cabinets and stuff, custom cabinets, but they do all of our wood trim on a certain model that we make that needs some wood components. Uh, so it's 
once you start really searching and networking, it's it's amazing what you can find in in, in town here and the surrounding cities. Justin Weyenberg with Adipose Boats, and uh, you know, for those maybe listening that I guess have a skill set like this, it sounds like there's plenty of jobs available in the Helena area for folks that like you know, working with their hands and building stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely there's almost too many jobs for the workforce we have. It's it's interesting. Um, I I know that the economy this year has been been weird and and everything's changing and people are trying to adjust. But um, everyone that I know that's either running a small business, whether it be an auto body shop or or like those cabinet shops or someone like us uh, with manufacturing, it's we're all looking for employees. And we're if you if you have a hard work ethic and you can show up on time and and are willing to learn, there's definitely jobs out there. And and for me too, and it, it just goes to show like you don't have to have a certain skill set where uh, you're going to walk into a job and, and make thirty dollars an hour right off the bat. But if you're willing to work and put in the time and 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 be trained and stick around somewhere there's opportunities you don't you don't always have to go after that four-year degree and that office job and stuff like we're we're always looking for young people that are willing to do that stuff and we'll take care of them and pay them well and and give them a hopefully a career where they can stick around and and be in a beautiful spot and and do something really cool where you're working in an industry that uh is people get excited about and being outdoors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love running into our customers all over the, the country and, and hearing their stories about how they use our boats. Justin, if people want to find out more information about, uh, about your business, about your boats, where can they do that? You can go, uh, adiposeboatworks.com and, and we're our, right now our front office is open and, and our facility is open. So you can stop by the shop. We're at 350 Wilkinson street, Helena, Montana, 59601. And you come on down and we'll, we'll give you a tour. We'll show you where uh, the magic happens. And we just ask you wear your mask. Justin Weinberg with Adipose Boat Works. Justin, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, stick around. We've got more coffee break, and we're talking more manufacturing coming up after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk for hanging out with us this morning on the extended version. If you happen to just be tuning in, you missed the first half, you can go back and listen to that. It's going to be up online a little bit later today at kcap.com. You can hear our conversation with Justin Wamberg from Adipose Boatworks, a manufacturing company right here in Helena, Montana. And we've got Neil Blossom with us now. Neil is the, uh, let me, Neil, let me see if I get this right, the Director of Quality Assurance and Global Regulatory Affairs at uh, American yeah. Chemet. Is that right? You got it. That's a great long title. I'll take it. <laughs> That's one of those. Uh, I always joke, you know, you, you see the guys with the long names, the hyphenated names and like the NBA or something. They've got to shrink the letters and rainbow them on the back to fit it on the jersey. That's the same with your title there. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of fun <laughs> doing all the different things out here. Yeah. 
And you're out at uh, Kemet in uh, East Helena. I appreciate you taking time with us today. Can, can you tell folks a little bit about you and, and, and what it is that you do? Sure. Well, uh, I'll tell you about me. I'm a Montana boy from Great Falls. Went to MSU, got a degree in chemical engineering, and been here for 32 years now with American Kemet. And so American Kemet, we produce copper-based chemicals. And our big one is marine anti-fouling uh, cuprous oxide. So, you know, the red on the bottom of ships you see cruising all over the world. Uh, we're the world's largest manufacturer of that. I'm pretty proud of that. It goes into a lot of other uses, too, like pressure-treated lumber and some other things. So we're a, we're a chemical company. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think people, we, we probably see that and we think, oh, it's red paint. No, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it prevents all the barnacle growth and other growth on the bottom of the ship, so they go through the the water with a lot less fuel usage. So we're really, we're proud of that, that, you know, we save a lot of fuel in the world, a lot less greenhouse gases. So yeah. that's, that's our biggest product, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all drive past your place heading out of town, right? And we, we see that factory there, but I think people probably don't realize what happens inside those walls. You know, that's... That's true, and that's true of a lot of that, just so much manufacturing on in our tri-county area, and people don't know about it. And uh, it's pretty interesting when you hear what everybody does and how they do it, and you you think, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you do a lot of chemical stuff. stuff. What what else do you do out there, Neil? Well, uh, we our chemicals also go into uh, roofing shingles, so you don't get moss growing on your roofs, and and we sell that that sold around the country. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I get to travel around the world because our, we do about two-thirds of our business overseas. So because chemicals, you have to go through a lot of regulatory hoops selling them around the world. So I get to travel around and do that and make sure that American Chemet can jump through all those hoops and uh, so that we can stay in business. And we're pretty... We're happy. We got 120 employees at American Chemet here in, in uh, East Helena and Helena. So And from all... From Townsend and Boulder, and of course, right here in Helena. Yeah, it's interesting because I think our our, our default when we think manufacturing, we think of stuff, right? Like we we talked in the in, in the first segment. You know, they're they're building boats. Uh, you guys aren't necessarily building. You guys are playing with the chemicals that that go into other things. I I think it's an area of manufacturing that uh, maybe we don't think about. Yeah, you don't you don't think about all the different manufacturers in the area and all the different things that they do. Yeah, just chemicals. We take a raw material, we buy scrap copper from scrap dealers all around the country, and then bring it here in trucks and on rail cars, and then convert it to the copper chemicals that we use uh, in a lot of everyday things that you don't think about, like pressure treated lumber. So the the lumber that makes up your deck and whatnot, that can have copper in it. And the roofing shingles on our roofs, that can have copper in it. Uh, copper powders that are used in car parts, we all have those and we're running around with those. So, yeah, all of those uses and you, it's made right here. Yeah, we're talking this morning with Neil Blossom with uh, American Kemet. And there are a lot of manufacturers in the Tri-County area. And, you know, I mean, a lot of just incredible products being made here. Yeah, and I, I have just a, kind of an interesting list to show you how broad uh, it is. Up in Lincoln, we got High Country Snack Foods making jerky up there. Uh, Clancy, Mark's Miller Post and Pole making uh, posts, which is really, I've toured that plant. It's really great, interesting. Boeing, we got Boeing and Pioneer Aerostructures here in Helena. Uh, in 
Townsend, that Goose Bay, Goose Bay hand-blown glass, you know, they're manufacturing something. And you don't think of that as manufacturing, maybe, because it's art, but uh, they're making a product down there. So, yeah, a lot of different manufacturers in the area here. Yeah. Is that unique, having so many manufacturers of so many different things in one area, or are there just simply more out there across the country than what many of us sort of take pause and, and, and realize? Yeah, there is. It's amazing. Uh, I've seen the list of the man manufacturers just across Montana, and it's broad, and it's everything. You just you don't realize what people do uh, here that makes so many things. In, in Lewistown, there's a manufacturer there that makes uh, platforms for the aerospace industry, so you can work on all sorts of different planes. Uh, down in Bozeman, Bacay Carmel's. Uh, in Billings, there's a, a bag manufacturer for high-end travel. So it's just it's just a breadth of things, and uh, you know it's this is Manufacturing Month, National Manufacturing mm -hmm. Month, and we just celebrate all that manufacturing that's here in America, and uh, you know makes some really nice paying jobs and uh, long-lasting industries, and it's nice to be manufacturing right here in the good old USA and right here in Helena. Neil Blossom is with uh, Kemet out there in East Helena. And you told me, Neil, that you're pretty heavily involved with the Montana Manufacturing Extension Center. Can you explain what that's all about? Yeah. So just like there's an ag extension center to help uh, ag across our state, there's a manufacturing extension center. It's located in Bozeman, but they have people around the state. And they just help manufacturers do what we do better. Uh, they help you get raw materials. If you're an entrepreneur, they help you get started. They help you find markets. They help you run more efficiently, uh, improve your quality. Uh, and so it's a really great resource for manufacturers to help them to upgrade what they're doing and to get started and stay in business. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty incredible resource really for anyone um, you touched on it there. I mean, for folks just looking to get started saying, Hey, I want to start a business. That seems like step one is go talk with those folks, but also you've got a business. You want to figure out how do I grow? How do I make this better? Those are the folks to talk to. Yeah, they are. And they're, they're not the only resource in the state. There's a, a help to do international sales. You know, there's help to handle your issues. Uh, there's help to satisfy quality certificates that you might need because uh, your customers might demand that of you to make sure that you're making quality products. So and they understand all those ins and outs of the businesses that, uh, you know, maybe a small manufacturer wouldn't. Neil Blossom is the Director of Quality Assurance and Global Regulatory Affairs out at American Kemet in East Helena. And you said they're in Bozeman, but uh, folks that people, I mean, can they connect with somebody locally or how does that work? How do people connect with them? Yeah, they have. If you go on their website, you can see all the different, uh, they call them business area managers. And there's one located in our area. He's actually located in Great Falls, but we had him down here just a, a few weeks ago, touring our place, place and helping us figure out how to run better. Uh, so, yep, they're they're right here, if okay. you will, right here in our area, and they can help you if you're if you're looking for help. You want to get started. You want to do something better. You got a great idea. Uh, these are the people to, that can help get you going. Yeah, so many manufacturing opportunities here in our area. If somebody's interested and and say, no, I like. 
I like visualizing things and I can uh, draw up plans or I, you know, I'm good with chemicals or I, I, I could build a boat, you know, th- those different things. I mean, how, how do they connect? Is there a way for them to do that? Oh, to get, to get started or to get that idea going. Yeah. You know, there's, we have some great entrepreneurs in our area here, uh, that you could, you could reach out to, uh, the Montana manufacturing extension center would certainly put you in touch with one. I got to tell you a great, entrepreneur in our area is Tom Hoffman. Tom Hoffman started uh, the aerospace in- industry here that then was purchased by Boeing, and that's mm-hmm. why Boeing's here right now, which is great. And now he's doing pioneer aerostructure. So there's a great entrepreneur right there. You know, these, these people that are starting breweries, you don't think of, of beer as being manufactured, but it is. You get a raw material, you have to process it, you have to package it, you have to market it, you know, so... Talking to entrepreneurs like that in our area, you know, might give you the how did how did they do it? How did yeah, how did you do yeah. it? My, uh, American Chemist started in 46, 1946 by four guys who just realized there was a raw material source here from the Asarco smelter, and they could do something with it, and it's grown and grown and become what American Chemist is today. It's Manufacturing Month, and we've been talking manufacturing to kick off coffee break here today. Neil Blossom with American Chemet out in East Helena. Uh, Neil, before I let you go, if people want to find out more about uh, Chemet or uh, maybe even say, uh, hey, do you have a job? Can they do that? Where do they do that? You know, American Chemet is always looking for good people. So uh, we have an HR department here, and we hire through the through the job service here in town. But... Uh, American Kemet uh, would love to talk to good people. And that's the great thing about manufacturing is, you know, good salaries, great benefits. I've been here for 32 years, and I'm not rare uh, at Amer- American Kemet in terms of being a long-lived worker here because it's a satisfying job. So, uh, yeah, look us up. Give us a call. And uh, if you if you want to work hard and, and do something that uh, – really helps out our area. The manufacturers in this area, like American Kemet, are happy to have good people. Neil, thanks so much for the time. We got more Coffee Break coming up right after this. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for sticking around with us. And we're finishing up with Maestro Alan R. Scott. He's brought along uh, Russian pianist Anna Kislitsna. Did I, did I say that right? Yes. All right. And the, well, and I, I realized as I was saying it, I, I think I have the last name, but then I didn't know if it was Anna or Anna. And I thought the easy one might, might get me. But uh, I, I appreciate you both for coming in. Um, Alan, I... Uh, you, you guys have a concert going tomorrow, and, and we talked about it last time you were here. I mean, this obviously it looks different right now, but you're making music. And how does that feel? Because you've got to do it once already, and, and you got to put on a performance. What was that like? Well, um, we did, we've done it twice. We had Symphony Kids as oh, that's well. Right, the kids symphony. I've done it in Philadelphia, so I've been doing this now for about four, three weeks, every weekend, burst about. And why it's 
odd not to have the audience there. We know at least in Helena, we had about 2,500, 23 to 2,800 people watching live, which is more than the hall actually hall <laughs> holds. We had people all over Helena, all over Montana, all over the United States, people in South America, Europe, um, in Asia. Um, we had people all over in, in uh, Australia, people all over the world watched live. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's free. There's no charge and people can donate. And within, within a 30 minutes, $4,500, people uh, donated. And by the end of the week, another 10,000. And um, within 48 hours of after going live, because we do keep it up for a couple of days, but it's mainly live, um, another 6,000 people watched live. So, I mean, we're making an impact and we're reaching people all over the world, literally. Yeah. And we're, we're the, right now, we're the only orchestra in the state of Montana that is broadcasting a live performance without an audience. There's a couple of other orchestras that are sort of pre-recording a few things. Um, Billing Symphony was trying to do some things live, but they had so many cases there, and so then since they were bringing audiences in person, health department said no. You got to get you got to right. stop. So we, our health department here, told us it was one of the best plans they've seen. Since we're not bringing an audience, we want to keep our people safe. Our musicians are socially distanced, masks except for winds and brass, and there's plexiglass shields protecting other people from them. And so we have so many protocols, it's kind of crazy, and um, can only have 45 of the 78 players. And um, we're just thrilled that we can have this incredible uh, pianist with us. We had Ovidio Marinescu uh, last month, mm -hmm. and people are watching from all over. So um, yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, it's neat because you're showing, you got the numbers of people saying, you know what, look, obviously people want this, and they appreciate this. And then you're getting those donations, so people aren't just just watching i mean they're they're invested which which is a fantastic thing. clearly people from around the world you know what what's the ticket worth to you i mean you could put a paywall up and charge the 12 bucks but most people are donating between 60 and 75 dollars and um it's on youtube so it's very easy to put on your smart tv any device really but most people have a smart tv with you broadcast youtube on it so it's just the hell on a symphony youtube you could look up just hell on a symphony on youtube and you'll find it and it and the nice thing is you're seeing things you would not see Normally, we're not trying to duplicate or replicate the concert hall experience. We're trying to innovate the concert hall experience. You see the conductor from the front, which you don't usually see. You see the musicians very close up. You'll see the hands of the pianist as if you were sitting less than two inches away. Um, you're as if you were sitting in every seat in the hall and yet on stage as well. You're seeing backstage things. There's a host beforehand that sort of takes you into the backstage world. You see us mingling backstage you see us coming on from out of our dressing rooms um there's an interview um during the intermission um with anna and me and uh, and a host and so you're getting a completely different experience and the interesting thing is the audio is far superior than if you were in the hall because this hall was not meant for this for music at all it was used as a social hall for the the the, the masons the shriners yeah and so you're hearing the orchestra the way I hear it up on stage, and so it's almost a it's almost audio wise, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, we're talking uh, Helena Symphony Orchestra. There's a concert tomorrow night, seven thirty. Shostakovich and Beethoven. This is uh, if if there ever was a time to sit and enjoy music and escape through music. Now is it? And tomorrow it sounds like we've got snow coming in. So I mean, what more perfect thing than to kind of curl up on the couch, hot drink. 
And it's with it's part of Beethoven's 250th birthday. And Beethoven's such an important composer because he really deals with what it's like to, to be knocked down and get back up. We can all relate to Beethoven. He was not very educated, could do basic math, certainly not multiplication or division. And he, and he dealt with struggle after struggle financially in his love life, all sorts of things. And yet we're going to hear the Egmont Overture, which was about, he wrote this for a play, a uh, Goethe play. And then it was about this character who basically will risk everything to rise up against political tyranny. And so, so it's kind of, I guess, political in a sense. Right. Um, and he lit, risked his own life and this character ends up dying. But in his death, he has triumph. So this, on a bigger perspective, this is about that we all get knocked down and it's how we it's my father my late father used to say I, I don't care how many times you get knocked down I want to see how you get up you know that and he would say that's grace when it's if you can get up um and um that's what this piece is about and then the latter half of the concert is Beethoven's first symphony and we don't think about his first we think about the later ones the ninth the fifth the third we did a seventh last month but the first Looking back, knowing what is to come, he has one foot in the door of the Mozart and Haydn world and one foot in the door of what becomes his world. So it's edgy, but yet still in this more polite world. And it's just fun. It's just total escapist entertainment. And then the heart of the concert is the middle piece that Anna is playing with the orchestra, the Shostakovich. And Shostakovich, I don't call a Russian composer. I call a Soviet, Soviet. composer. Okay. Yeah. And because he, at least at the time, was considered a propaganda propagandist for the Soviet government, for communist government. Now, he, a lot of co Russian composers, Prokofiev and others, were taken into the Moscow Hall, and the Russian czar for arts took them up and stood them up and embarrassed them and said, you know, you will compose this way, and, you know, quarantined them and said, you have to go, and, and Prokofiev was banned. Shostakovich was banned a couple of times, too. But but I think that Shostakovich became, in many ways, the voice for the communist government. But he was revolting against it the whole time. He just played the game. But he wrote in musical code that spoke to the rest of the world that said, behind the Iron Curtain, this is a sham, complete sham. This particular piece was none of this. He wrote this for his son to practice the piano. And his son is still alive. He's a conductor. He must be 80 or so. And it's very fun. And the first and last movement, particularly, almost the first movement sounds a little Mozart-like at times. Um, but the second movement is this, if he were ever to write a deep personal reflection, it is so beautiful. It, just within the opening moments, you want to cry. I mean, it is so gorgeous. It just, um, it's unlike anything Shostakovich wrote. Yeah. Russian, uh, musicians know Shostakovich and Prokofiev as if like, like we know, like classical musicians in America know Copeland and Bernstein and Gershwin. It is part of who they are. So Anna can speak to it from more from her perspective. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be curious to hear, uh, Anna. I mean, this is first off a real treat for Helena, uh, for, for you. This is your first time here in Helena. I mean, to have someone, uh, you've played Paris, Carnegie Hall, uh, Moscow, of course, and, and now you're playing Helena Montana. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming in today and, and, and for playing for us. Thank you for having me, and uh, I enjoy being here. It is so beautiful, and everybody is so nice and kind here. Well, and we're bringing in a winter storm, like a record-breaking winter storm is is on its way. So we're we're trying to bring a little bit of, uh, you know, we're we're putting you in the mood for the for the Soviet composer. Yes, that is true, and uh, <laughs> the weather and uh, even architecture reminds a little bit of Siberian cities. 
So this is, of course, a little bit different than what a, a normal performance would be, but it's got to be just a marvelous thing to be able to perform again. I know musicians everywhere went through such a long time where they, they couldn't, and, and now you get to perform. That is true. Uh, my last experience for last several months was mostly uh, pre-recorded uh, performances, and that is my first live performance. <clears throat> I'm very excited and grateful for this opportunity. And uh, we had a rehearsal yesterday, and we will have another one to, today and tomorrow. And uh, musicians are great, and everybody enjoys uh, communicating again. We all miss this opportunity, mm -hmm. and everybody is so happy to do it again. So what is it like to perform this piece? I mean, what does this piece mean to you? Uh, this piece is very special to me because it is written by Shostakovich. He is one of my favorite composers. And uh, I played a lot of Shostakovich before. And uh, practicing this piece, somehow I felt that uh, it, it feels very fresh for nowadays uh, reality. It has this sentimental second movement and some uh, contrasting characters and some dramatic moments. But it ends up with great triumph and uh, optimism. And I think this is a great piece for uh, today's reality. Just to yeah. live in better future and uh, have some sentimental moments and uh, have a hope. Yeah. So this is one where I imagine you almost escape into that as well, right? Being able to play that, you just sort of channel that. That's got to be an amazing feeling. That is true. Yeah. And and uh, so for people that want to tune in to this, again, it's tomorrow. Alan, it's 730. Is that right? 7.30 Mountain Time, okay. um, live. It's live. We keep saying our branding yeah. is it's on. It's online. This is Season 66, Part 1, um, the ON in 1, the ON in Donate. And, <laughs> and um, um, there is no charge. It's on YouTube, 7.30 p.m. live. You'll, you'll, you'll see a host. Um, the, the nice thing is the way I did this is we they're hour long. That's it. Now, maybe 65 minutes, even with interviews. Yeah. They're not long concerts. We purposely did that as, as opposed to the traditional 70 to 90-minute concert. Um, so you really feel it's just perfect. And um, those who are season ticket holders that purchase season tickets before COVID, they get all this stuff. They get a concert watch pack. They get these cool recipe cards. They got Prosecco. They got chocolates. They got these wine tumblers, Helena Symphony branded. All this cool stuff we send them. Um, and so they continue to get all this stuff. Season ticket holders get to join Anna and me before the concert on a special Zoom call that they just get have access to her and to me and we in our dressing rooms where we talk about what we're about to do. And so we have really made this kind of we you know, there are many orchestras saying, Oh, well, we'll wait until we get back to normal. I I don't. I one. I don't believe we should wait. Two. I don't know when that's going to be. Three. I don't know if what normal is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that I have to. We had to figure out a new way. And I simply said, you know, music. The music exists for this very crisis we are in. This is exactly why the Helena Symphony exists. This is exactly why Shostakovich wrote music. Um, whether he was made to or not, you know, that's a bigger, fun political discussion about how he handled that because it was very tricky. But at the same time, composers, particularly since Beethoven, put themselves into their music. Composers prior to Beethoven did not do that. Um, it's what we call a romantic period where the art and the artist are now inseparable and they are connected. Beethoven is expressing how he feels, his hopes, his dreams. And what Beethoven really hits home at, 
Anna was just saying about how the Shostakovich feels like it was written for today, even yeah. though it was written 60 years ago. Beethoven basically wrote not to only capture who we are, but who we want to be, who we should be. Um, as we're coming up on a very contentious election cycle, you know, it's just, it's gotten so, you politics used to be fun, you know, to the, when you had a, someone who thought the opposite of you. Now it's almost, it's a little dicey before we go there, right? I think we have music this weekend. We have, we have a Mozart by candlelight. It'll be all by candlelight on November 14th and a symphony kids on November 7th. We pretty much have a concert every week ex except for next week. And we need music right now particularly whether you're upset about the election results or happy about it, there's going to be contentions. But maybe music can help us get us through this crisis, political upheaval, social upheaval. We need music more now than ever. Yeah. And to have it live changes the whole outlook. One, we perform it differently. We know that you're watching. We want you to watch. We want you to be with us on this. The Helena Symphony exists for you but exist because of you as well. And because of the support, because of the donations, because of the people who just said, we'll do whatever it takes. Our musicians come from Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Washington, California now, um, um, Utah. They're auditioning from all over the country because they're saying, this is the orchestra to be in. They got their stuff together. They're doing it right. And they're, and they're hearing our recordings and they're just like, we want to be a part of this. We, we can't even, they're just coming from all over. Um, so it, it's going to really be happy. a fantastic uh, event, and so uh, Maestro Alan R. Scott and uh, Russian pianist Anna Kitslitsna, uh, thank you so much for coming in today. That's all the time we have, though. We'll catch you back here on Monday. Thank you. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over, give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by Coffee Break nine five nine dot podbean dot com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.